0: growing up, we learn that magic is not real, and we live our lives finding no proof to the contrary. It is not our fault that we're so wrong, for only those who can use it can truly see it. Since time immemorial, the secrets of Arcana have been protected by Ninja, passed down from generation to generation in martial forms that must be mastered with body and mind. With these techniques, the ninja protects the world from evil and fathomable, horrifying monsters, and other ninja gone mad with power. All of which we, the non-magical, the unsparked, will never know about. Welcome to the Arcane Ninja World. Rosalind clarice Cedra as Carmen Ninja.
1: Seal every crack.
0: Jonas McLean as Tony Pugs.
2: If you wear enough hair gel that it's flammable, that's a strategy.
3: Colin Bruce Amphis as of Cynthia Moonshine. My parents mostly spoke to me in Latin, which ill-prepared me for high school. And Ferry Holton as your humble storyteller.
0: This podcast is produced by 48vmedia.com.
4: As we tell our story, whenever a character interacts with the world around them, players roll 10-sided dice to succeed or fail. The number of dice rolled depends on the specific character aptitudes established during character creation. The difficulty of these interactions ranges from one to five. Players must match or beat it, otherwise the character fails. Keep alert for more rule pop-ups as we go along. episode, Tony sparked and flew onto a condo tower, was rescued by a ninja when the shadows started to get long and got back home safe with a juice box. The Shire kids threw him a party when he walked in. Absentia made their parents proud. They sparked a shield of metal bits and got the very sought-after nod of approval from dad. Then disaster. Their under-eyes village in Iceland caved in on itself, killing most of the village including Abby's parents. Carmeninha went mad with sorrow and willed the spilled blood of her just-dead grandmother to return back into her body and flow once more. Granny shook, sat up, looked into the girl's eyes, but they were still dead. Granny was not coming back. All three were recruited into the Claybelt Ninja Academy in Claybelt Village, the largest of Ontario's hidden arcane villages, located in the Claybelt National Park near Timmins. Episode 2 of pretty, fragile things. It is late spring at the Claybit Village. Classes at the academy have ended about a month ago, and most of the students go away for the summer. Our would-be ninjas are preparing. It's the evening before their test, and each one has found their place to concentrate and focus for the next morning. Where is Tony preparing?
2: Uh, Tony is with his crew. Uh, as many other um, quills, uh, which is what the um, the hopefuls of, like, the Harry Strand uh, clan, uh, or, or um, practitioners of that way are called. Uh, he's with as many quills as possible, um, but just anyone who wants to party. Um, so probably at the Drunken Master, um, the, the on-campus tavern, but um, maybe just, like, out on the grounds, um, just generally not getting the proper uh, rest and focus before the next day. Like, anyone who's not uh, too worried about tomorrow, that's where they are, and Tony wants to be right in the middle of that.
4: Tony's hanging out at the Drunken Master Tavern, and uh, he's trying everything he can to avoid thinking about the test tomorrow. He knows that perhaps it's irresponsible, but that's his way. He can't study anymore, he can't practice anymore. He's done everything he can. There's no point in worrying about it. And uh, as he's lounging around and trying to keep his mind off the test, he steps outside of the tavern and starts walking toward the garden, the, the central village garden across the street. And the lanky and long-limbed shape of a body descends gently from above somewhere in front of him. It's held up by its hair, which is 30 feet long and attached to a branch or or something above. And and Tony knows who this is. The facial hair is long and, and flows gently, twitching slightly like a finger would... Ready to be used as any other limb His mustache extends away from his face Almost ludicrously Ending in swirls His elegant, handmade brown leather shoes Polished to a mirror shine Softly touch the ground His fitted light grey suit ruffles gently His hair flows, follows in his descent Coming back to him as if reeled from inside his head Until it sets at curly shoulder length That frames his face perfectly A white shirt is unbuttoned slightly too low, revealing a full mat of shiny copper hair covering his chest. Tony knew very well how deadly those well-groomed and oiled follicles could be.
3: (laughs) This is the way. (laughs) (laughs) That's the sentence I've been waiting for all my life. (laughs)
5: Tony! Hey! Excuse my intrusion, Kido. I know
4: you're getting ready for your test.
2: Yeah, I'm in the middle of prep here. How are you
4: doing?
2: Oh, you know, I'm just hoping that they don't need to invent a new category for me to score highly into tomorrow. Uh, But uh, I'm sure it'll all be good. Oh, you're just too full of yourself, Tony.
4: That's gonna come and bite you in the ass, so just rein it in right there, eh? This
2: is a fucking tough test, you hear me? Hey, I'm a fucking tough contender. I'll rein it in when they design a test I can't take, which, you well, know. Well,
4: it's, it's true, it's true. Listen, Tony. I'm I'm going to tell you three things,
2: okay? Do I need a fucking pencil for this? Is this uh, going to be on the exams tomorrow? I don't know if you need a pencil or not. You decide what you want to write down or
4: not write down. I don't think so. I'm going to just give you a little bit of advice. Okay. Okay? Remember. Everything needs to be elegant, Lorenzo. Okay, so. The way of hairy strands without elegance is like a... It's like a castrato with balls. Okay, not really a castrato, but a tenor. <laughs> like a dancer with two left feet. Right. Or a duck with one wing. Okay? So mind the elegance, and everything will flow. You know, when you came to me... Lorenzo, I thought this puny little thing was to wield the hair. Impossible, cannot be done. He will get killed by the training. And you almost, almost proved me wrong once or twice. But you came back again and again, like, like I have some tasty treat. <laughs> I beat you, come back. I beat you harder, you come back. Does, does he like punishment, I asked myself. Each time you come back, you're a little tougher, a little wiser. You thought yourself to be faster, you thought yourself to be faster and more precise to make up for your puny size, and and then one day you you were able to punch me. Remember?
2: That was a good day. Yeah. I don't know where that
4: weakling that came to me two years back is. Now I see a tough son of a bitch, and tough sons of bitches pass the exam. Now, you know that we're not allowed to tell anything about the test. But? So I won't talk about the test. Uh... But I will tell you about the nature of the fieldwork. Always be a step ahead, thinking like someone who's trying to catch you by surprise. If you feel you're too comfortable or something is too easy, then you're probably fucking up, okay?
2: Right, yeah, always be looking behind me because you never know when some sort of one-ball dancer's is going to come out of nowhere.
5: Bow! That's it.
2: Also,
4: if you ever needed to fight a four-armed giant brute... A root? A brute. A brute. A giant. A, a huge. U- yeah. You want to cut his heel's tendons and start cutting every other tendon that is close to you until he can't move.
2: Okay. Cut cut the tendons. Does that is that only for four armed giant brutes? Because I I like to take out. Well, it works with every
4: giant brute. It works with anybody actually. But you're small and a giant brute and might have four arms. Who knows? A lot of people are giant brutes to
2: me. Go for the ankles. This is good advice. This is actionable.
4: Good, good. Okay. Now, better still, don't get into a fight with a four armed giant brute.
5: Well, we both know
2: that's, uh, a little bit outside my control.
4: Yeah, well, yeah. you know, just remember, brutes have feelings too.
2: Go for the feelings. Guy. Especially when they're
4: isolated.
2: Isolate the brute first, okay. This is good stuff.
4: And sometimes, a game of stones may prove as effective as the sharpest sword. You get me, kid?
2: Anything can be your weapon. Okay, Tonino. Good luck. Look, that might be some subtlety lost on me, but you're getting through here. I read you. <laughs> I hope you shove some
4: of your chest hair up the asses of those examiners. <laughs> go get some rest. I'm gonna go Good get night. some shampoo. <laughs> Good call. <laughs> and with that, his hair shoots up. And after a moment, the man himself is swiftly lifted away and quickly out of sight.
2: I'ma miss that, dude.
4: <laughs> Absentia
3: is also preparing for tomorrow. Is the big day. What is Absentia doing? Outside of the Drunken Master, there is a rock closely located beside another rock. Two large boulders, very slim space, uneven. I have lodged myself in that space... ...molded myself to this incredibly uncomfortable position... ...because the world is harsh and cold... ...and I must be one with it... ...to be properly prepared for this examination. Absinthia lodged in between the two rocks... <laughs> in I've been here for a few hours.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> ...in what it looks like an extremely uncomfortable position notices how the shadows start lengthening around them as the night uh, comes in as the the sun sets and the long shadows of the rocks that they are lodged between extend at uh, either side of them and Abby starts hearing whispers that come out of the shadow
5: Absentia. Absentia.
4: It's like a hundred whispers coming all at once.
5: You are being called forth. Step into the shadow. Come to the shadow.
3: Is there a particular reason you're being so quiet?
5: Come into the shadow, Absentia.
3: I'm going to need a little bit more than that. I, um... I'm not entirely sure that, uh there's a good rationale for me coming into the shadow. I mean, it's already plenty shadowful here.
5: We are the shadow society.
3: Oh. Oh. Oh, yes, that would be important. Uh, One second, allow me to dislodge myself from this position. It it might take me a couple minutes. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Okay, I'm here
4: Absinthia stumbles into the shadow as they dislodge themselves from the rocks The world becomes all greys and blacks Solid things become immaterial Their shadow taking the prominence that their three-dimensional form does in the regular world Abby is aware of not just the shadows in their immediacy But those anywhere in the world
5: Only those with the greatest promise are given a test, Absinthia And you have shown it Congratulations. Thank you. To be asked to test is a great honor. You should accept it as such. If you succeed tomorrow, you will be a member of the society. Let the shadows be your home, your safe place. Don't allow yourself to be away from them. Where there is a shadow, there is a way. Your thought is piercing and discerning, but may isolate. There is nothing you cannot think through, Absinthea. Rely on your mind. Tomorrow, during the test, you will be granted access into the Ninja Corpse Restricted Research Facility. At the museum, you will be asked to retrieve something from the jungle lair. At the center of the lair, hidden in the foliage of high trees, is a melon-sized nest, built from silver and gold, with hundreds of inset precious stones. This is the Grimin's nest. Inside lay three eggs of deep green dots and a violent purple shell. They are the size of a large fist. You must retrieve the eggs without being noticed. You must deliver them intact to us after finishing the test you'll be a part of the shadow society fail and you will never be contacted again good luck I've sent you
3: I don't need luck Abby
4: finds themselves back into the real world where they were before right by the rocks that they were lodged in between before as Carmen how she goes by now prepares for the test where is she
1: The only sensible place to prepare. A practice room in the Faculty of Ink.
4: Prepares for the test at the training pad of the Way of Ink. She hears her sensei approach. Sensei Nefertiti makes no attempt at silencing the delicate gold and pearl bracelets and anklets that jingle with each step. Her sleeveless, sand-coloured gi, the pants ending slightly below the knees, expose a few of the hundreds of tattoos that cover her body exquisitely. Her black hair falls neatly behind her in perfect straight strands, past the red fabric belt that holds her outfit together with a knot under her navel. She stands a full two feet above Carmen. Though the latter's arms are as thick as the tall woman's legs, One short and heavily muscled with milky gray skin, white iris eyes, and light light blue hair. The other tall and slender with deep, dark brown skin and eyes of similar color, her face framed in onyx black hair. The contrast between their physiques could not have been starker. There you are, Carmen. Beautiful as ever. How do you feel?
1: I mean... Fine, I guess. Nervous, uh, tired of preparing, I think I'm ready, but, like, you got anything for me? I mean, I'll take a couple of aces in the hole.
4: Well, child, I'll say what I said a million times before. You have to let go of the anger. It'll get the better of you. Are you kidding me? No. No. No, I'm not. Unfortunately, this is actually quite serious.
1: How is that going to help me on my test? Okay, I will... Whatever. There's something
4: very special in the stroke of your brush, girl. The anger and beauty within you shape it in a strange energy. Put everything you are in those strokes, and there is no doubt that you will succeed tomorrow.
1: Okay, so... What have we talked about now? Beauty? Strokes of brushes? (laughs) My feelings? Are there any useful tools coming?
4: (laughs) Perhaps I have failed in these two years to make you realize that all that we do in the way of ink has to do with beauty and feelings. Perhaps the hours you spent in front of the painting and drawing paths did not really get to teach you that. And perhaps you need to fail to learn that. I don't know.
1: No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't realize that the beauty of the thing mattered, but... The
4: beauty of the thing is all that matters. It's where the power of ink resides.
1: Okay. You know what, Uh, what is beauty? Color pairings and mathematical proportions that are pleasing. I can absolutely learn that in one night. (laughs) Thank you, you saved me.
4: It does not make me happy to think that you will have to learn all this in one night. as it is the very lessons I've been trying to instill daily in you for the past two years.
1: No, but you've taught me lots of stuff. You've taught me the cool stuff. I mean, did you see? Did you see what I landed right when you walked in? I mean, that was a freaking amazing needles of agony.
4: (laughs) Okay, child. I didn't just come to say this. It is forbidden for us to speak of the test, as you well know, but it is not forbidden for me to paint a story for you.
5: Uh
4: Once upon a time, there was a drugger girl called Sammy. (laughs) Sensei Nefertiti grabs at one of the tattoos in the inner forearm of her left hand and pulls out of it a long feathered quill. Then, from the palm of the hand, she produces a small ink bottle. She dips the quill and splashes ink on the floor in front of them. Then the items are absorbed back into the drawing on her skin. Meanwhile, the ink on the ground has started to move and take shape and color. An instant later, Carmen sees an image of a drover girl that looks remarkably like her. She sits at a table in a kitchen, having a coffee. Another person enters the scene with an envelope. Sammy lived with a single purpose. She wanted to become an expert martial artist of an obscure style, one that was thought to be lost. This did not deter her as she was convinced that she would be able to find some record of it somewhere and that she would be able to recover it from obscurity. One day she received a letter. A master of the way of knowledge claimed to have found some information about the lost style. He demanded an object in exchange for that information. He wanted a gremlin egg, only found in one place, the jungle. The images flow into one another, blending and changing, giving Carmen lots of visual details. There is a thick jungle and a gold and silver jeweled nest with a fist-sized green dotted purple eggs in it. For the eggs are precious and unique, only appearing every 50 years in their nest, and those who possess one are said to enjoy fortune beyond measure. Naturally, Sammy lost no time, but too eager and too confident in her skills, she went unprepared. The quicksand almost swallowed her whole before she got out with that lucky stroke, but not without losing all she had brought with her. The snake's thickest tree trunks hid in the vegetation around her and surprised her. She had to work her way out from the inside of one, becoming exhausted. The panther, patient, silent as death, stalked her from the branches above. She managed to survive a brutal confrontation. But by the end, she was not in a lot of pain. She reached the center of the lair, thinking the task was finally coming to an end. But then, the giant four-armed guardian came rushing at her from the trees. Hurt, exhausted and in pain as she was, she could not stop the creature from holding onto her with two of its limbs, while pummeling her to death with the other two. Blood, gore, chunks of flesh and bone fly away from the corpse the young druggar in the painting as it is beaten furiously by the guardian. When there is nothing left of her head but mush, it drops the body to the ground and walks away nonchalantly. The end. She never walked what she wanted. Okay then, darling.
1: No, 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 no no, no. no, 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 no. Have <laughs> a good night. Please wait, please wait. I...
4: She walks away before Carmen... Shit.
1: Get a word in. Oh, shit. Color pairings, mathematical proportions that please the eye. Oh, shit. Green dotted purple egg. Oh, shit. Ah.
4: And everybody rolls a d10.
3: Just one. And tell me what the numbers are. Oh, seven. Seven. (laughs) <laughs> Everything's on
2: the floor. New one. A one. Okay, you, uh, you guys roll again. Oh. Five.
1: Three.
3: Uh-huh.
4: It is the next morning, the day of the test. It's early in the morning. Absentia makes their way across the common room of the White Tiger dorm- Dormitory. Like the rest of the metal faction complex, its walls, floors, and ceilings are all made of lustrous metal that seems to be all in one piece. No seams, welt lines, or any other kind of joint marks mar the perfect smoothness. The architecture of the complex has a prevalence of height, the ceilings 30 feet above everywhere. There hang spheres of red hot metal that provide light and heat. Tapestries with simple light, art, and ornaments of historical value decorate the walls. They had immediately, upon first arrival, been reminded of their home, the Cat Village. It felt to them as they had turned the sharp corners of the ice corridors and chambers that they grew up in into metal. It had helped with the transition a bit. Abby stops in front of a wall at the far end of the massive chamber and wills for the door to open. As if a hot sword had cut through it, the metal in front of them parts, melting, and recedes until it forms an entryway. On the other side is a small chamber, big enough for no more than ten people. But instead of a ceiling, it seems to extend upward as far as the eye can see. Once again, Abby sends their will to the metal. It was a strange feeling after the initial bracing to resist falling due to the alarmingly drastic upward acceleration of the platform, for it felt as if nothing was moving at all. It was impossible not to think of Shifu Lee, the mistress of the metal dormitory, explaining cryptically that it offered the kind of contemplation proper to the element. It always came as a a bit of a surprise when the platform stopped its ascent as abruptly as it started. The passengers propelled high into the air to land in a patch of extra soft grass some 20 feet away at the west edge of the village center, not far from the drunken master tavern and uh, exotic pub fair. It was with a sense of determination that they walked to the headquarter tree. Across the central garden, choosing their path this way and that, around beds of beautiful flowers and clusters of aromatic bushes, they had time. Across the bridge, over the watering creek, and past the two-feet-raised, hundred-feet-by-hundred-feet community training platform, its curved, slanted roof supported by what seems like too few, too thin and too long bamboo shoots that arch slightly outwards under the weight of their load.
3: What was that last part?
4: <laughs> They're walking past the community training platform, through Ooh. the gardens, and getting ready to for the test. They're heading on their way to the Oak Command Center.
3: It's very beautiful, but I am not distracted. I am Death. I am ready. Rule pop-up.
4: During character creation, each player assigned 0 to 5 points to 20 aptitudes that represent the character's abilities. Back to the show. Carmen makes her way gingerly through the common room of the Black Turtle dormitory complex at the bottom of Turtle Lake. The morning sunlight reaches tenuously this deep in the lake, creating an underwater view from inside the bubble that was paralleled turtles, beavers, and fish swimming peacefully in crystal clear water lit gently from above. She reached to the elevator bubbles and stepped into one of them, which immediately detached itself from the larger bubble that was the dormitory complex. It took a few tries as a first year student to will the water to move the bubble, but by now she had total control.
1: This really is the most beautiful way to get around. I am so relieved Nefertiti saved me last night. I have spent every last shred of brain power. I've got cramming in Michelangelo, Cleopatra, Leonardo da Vinci, Andy Warhol. <laughs> ev- like I mean... Uh, it, 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 Suzuki, uh, like every possible yeah, big way of constructing beauty. How I've even learned how to f- properly fold the phyllo pastry to make the most beautiful baklava you've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> I have got beauty down, and this is the most beautiful way to get around I have ever encountered.
4: The bubble breaks the surface of the lake near the rocky shore and vanishes. The momentum of the movement propelling Carmen into the air and onto the large landing rock uh, on which she lands with practiced grace. Above her the canopy of the headquarter tree extends in every direction, covering over an acre in land. She follows the familiar paths that take her through the center of the village and toward the east side to the headquarters. the field of the field ninja corps.
1: you know sometimes I wonder about that whole Cleopatra's nose theory I mean really when you get right down to it what is power except pleasing ratios and an understanding of what makes beings tick man I wish I realized how smart Nefertiti was earlier
4: and as she glances the base of the tree of the massive oak that uh, on which the uh, command center of the field ninja is, uh, she notices that there's someone else there that got ahead of her, uh, and she discovers who at least one of her squad mates is. Oh, for That me. is Fox. Absentia.
3: Who's fucking? <laughs>
1: Honestly, I really have to go through the most important test of my life with this shit?
3: Fine. I didn't notice any defecation.
4: As he reached the jump-off platform on the northernmost branch of the common room, Tony couldn't help but take stock of the gorgeous morning. From the high perch of the Red Phoenix dormitory, spread out in the canopies of the trees south of the Claybelt Village, He could see the amber-golden light of the young sun bathing the central garden gently as people milled around starting their days. Further north, the surface of Turtle Lake glimmered as in anticipation of the gorgeous day. The massive canopy of the headquarter tree to the east obstructed some of the view, but did nothing to reduce its breathtaking beauty. He felt the warm gust of a traveling wind in his face and stepped into it, Allowing the warmth to carry him down. He propelled down from the incredible heights, slowing his momentum only at the last second and when strictly necessary, exactly as if he was riding an invisible snowboard
2: in the air. What a gorgeous fucking day on God's green earth. This. <laughs> this is gonna be one of the best days. Not just of my life, of lots of people's lives. This is going to (laughs) be... You know what, I'm just glad we all get to be a part of it.
4: He rode the air currents with the abandon and seeming recklessness typical of the Fire Faction and landed with consummate aplomb after a final somersault on the landing pad set at the edge of the village center for that precise purpose.
1: (laughs) You're such a freaking show-off.
4: Then he set off at a jog toward the headquarter tree to take his final exam. And as he sees the tree and it comes in sight, he noticed that the other two members of the squad he would be assigned to are already there. He finds Absentia and Carmen standing by the tree. And so it comes to be that the first mystery is resolved, so they find out who... They have been assigned with Cynthia Moonshine, A.K.A. Abby, of the Metal Faction; Antonio Pugs, A.K.A. Pug, of the Fire Faction; and Carmeninia, A.K.A. Carmen, of the Water Faction. It is impossible for them not to look for and take note of the twenty-four-eight ninja guard that keeps watch of the surroundings from the tree. Hmm. They make a sort of patrolling dance that takes them around the entire canopy of the tree in concert. One at a time, they jump from branch to branch, freezing like shadows upon landing, and until the next jump. They move with the ease of flying squirrels. Our wannabe heroes have a few minutes to spare and prepare before reporting at the top of the tree.
2: Hey, Garmin, Abby, okay, this is looking good. Okay, so I'm sure, you know, you've all been wondering who's going to be your third. I hope I was worth the wait. Uh, Good to see we're all early risers here.
1: You smell like vodka. Did you even go to bed?
2: Uh, Well, I went to bed smelling of gin, so what can I say? It's a miracle.
1: (laughs) Great. So... You ready?
2: Yeah, we're ready. Okay. Yeah, what, uh... Now, I don't want to, um, go telling any tall tales or anything, but, uh, I had a visit from a certain, uh, luxuriously bearded sensei last night.
1: Oh, my sensei came too.
2: Okay, yeah. So mine... Gave me a little bit of, you know, not exactly talking about the test, if you know what I mean. Yeah, mine Eh. told
1: me the most depressing story of my life.
2: The most depressing?
1: Yes! Like, shit! You could have told me that on day two when you realized I wasn't getting it.
3: Mine was straightforward and thoroughly practical.
1: What? Ugh, why are you even talking?
3: Wait, so we all
2: got visits? Okay, they must really want us to pass this test. This is good. We basically already passed. We just got to do what they told us, right? No, you
1: know what, honestly, I think I think it was a test of our composure. I think my sensei was trying to shake me, trying to make me think I didn't understand anything this whole time at the uh, Claybelt Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah and that make makes me sense out myself.
2: There we go. But we can't doubt ourselves. Now, I know I didn't doubt myself. Did you doubt yourself? It depends. Are we
3: talking about constructive self-criticism? I mean, we do need to identify our gaps, uh. do we not?
2: Uh, you know, identify, confess at a later date. You know, these are both <laughs> options.
1: Do you ever think about just quitting playabouts and, like, ...studying philosophy and getting a B.A. or something. I already did seems that like, in preparation. Right. That seems like speed. Really? speed.
3: Where? <laughs> when? The Grand Philosophy College. I have no choice but to believe you. <laughs> Look. I did an advanced course. Okay. Maybe I should do one of these acceleration
2: I courses. I wouldn't recommend it.
1: Was it an online course? You know, like, um...
2: Oh, like ziplining. <laughs> uh, or one of those mail-away things like Phoenix University.
1: Like an honorary doctorate. You know a thing that isn't real? That's for people who are just full of themselves?
2: Yeah, I don't want you operating on me with no kind of honorable doctorate.
1: Oh, but I'm i am so qualified. I have an honorary doctorate from Harvard.
2: Okay, so we all
3: got honorary doctorates except Pug. Great. Mine was actually a legitimate degree.
1: Are
4: you planning on taking the test or do you just come to hang out? Do we hey, yes, I'm ready.
1: Please, uh... As
4: our fledgling ninja, ninja look up, they see a slender woman with long limbs... And almond eyes, brown skin, and a hooked nose that fits her face perfectly. A large mouth that seems to be holding back a smirk. Mom? You better...
1: (laughs) You better not make the judges wait for you. They don't take well to that. Mom, I told you. Administer someone else's test, not mine.
2: And she jumps away. Uh, This is common, looking good as usual. And she's gone. All right. Well, look. Don't
1: hit on my mother.
2: That's for her to decide,
4: ain't it? Oh She's my an independent gosh. woman. The pug does not go in for... May I, may I remind Carmen that her mother is a, a Drugar dwarf <laughs> that looks nothing like the ninja that just was on the tree.
5: <laughs>
2: Stepmother situation?
1: Beginner syndrome. I forgot what species look like.
3: <laughs> I will try and console Carmen for her mistake mistaken identity or a mistaken perception of her mother
4: do it do it yes don't, don't tell me what you're going to do
3: do it okay well Carmen I just don't want you to feel bad about that because you know my mother the last thing that she did was attack me and shortly thereafter was dead so, Why this mistake was. Uh, Look, Carmen was to be...
2: clearly kidding. I thought it was hilarious. Thank we all you, got Tony. It. Oh. We all got it. Oh. I'm sorry your mother's dead, though. That's actually very tragic.
3: Thank you. I appreciate that, comment. I retract the statement. I, I understand I was inaccurate in putting it forward.
1: I don't... Okay, test time. I don't even know what to say to you. They test may not time. have
4: passed their final test yet, but they are trained ninja nonetheless. They manipulate some of their key, focusing it on the soles of their feet, just like they learned and start walking up the tree trunk to the top. The central command for the Field Ninja corps stretches out like an oversized treehouse that has grown out of the tree itself. A foliage-made roof covers a central hall that can fit around 100 ninja at once. It acts as a common room when not in use for a ceremonial fa- function. Small tables and comfortable seats and cushions abound. It is an area of relaxation and community. At the opposite end of the hall, near the foliage tunnel leading upward, are gathered five individuals in a huddle, exchanging pleasantries, it would seem. As a young ninja-to-be walk into the hall, they stop their conversation and turn to look at the prospects. Ah... Here you are. Welcome. Please come join us. It is not that the youngsters didn't know that famous ninja were part of the judging panels for the field ninja corpse test. But it simply didn't occur to them to think just how famous would these, those in their own panel be. Holy shit. Each one is taken aback as they come face to face with none the less than three of the most sought-after faces of the wildly popular game, Legendary Ninja Shuriken Battle.
1: Shuriken Battle! Oh my gosh, I never imagined you would actually look this amazing in person.
4: Elder Jean-Claude, Master of the Ways of Water and Grandmaster of the Way of Eight Gates, Vanisher of the Seven-Tailed Beast. Chico Norris, Clay Belt's Field Ninja Corpse Commander, Master of the Ways of Metal and Righteousness. Nicolas Sabato, master in all five of the Elemental Ways, founder of the Way of Elemental Fury.
1: This no. is like
2: a who's who.
1: <laughs> I mean, Jean-Claude is a little bit of a has-been, but Nicolette? Oh my gosh, this is the best day of my life. You were right, Tony.
3: I've only recently heard of these people, having mostly spent my life in underground in rocks in Iceland. But I understand that they are greatly esteemed. They seem to glow.
1: Who are you even talking to? Uh, I, uh,
3: I retract the statement. I understand it was inappropriate.
1: <laughs> no need to get
4: anxious. All of us, where, they, where, where were you at once? Come on in. Let me make introductions, and then we will begin your test. I'm Chico Norris, commander of the Field Ninja. Is he Swedish? This is Dai-Sensei Jean-Claude. Dai-Sensei Jean-Claude bows. Sensei Sabato, she bows. Chunin Senpai, Timurato Glacentio, Tim Glass for short. And finally, Chunin Kohai, Sasha Obami.
1: Like... The daughter of the former leader of the free world.
2: Yeah, like Nothing
1: one, nothing like that.
2: <laughs> no, like one Obama, a little Obami. Huh. Implies the existence of some sort of even larger Obamo. <laughs> Once you're given the
4: details of your test, we will monitor your progress through different ways that do not concern you at the moment. But rest assured that your every move, reaction and contribution to the success or failure of the test will be thoroughly noted. Very well. Judges, are we ready? Excellent. Let's start then. It was decided that your test will be a rescue mission. In emulation, ...of the many that you will need to complete as members of the field corps. To test your ability, to stay calm under psychological stress... ...you will not just be rescuing anybody... ...but three individuals who are most dear to you. Sasha, if you will. Yes, Sensei. (laughs) The stocky ninja woman points to a large mirror set on a pedestal and she takes a grounded, short stance. She utters the words,
5: Farsight,
4: in a whisper under her breath as she pulls at invisible strands in the air. The surface of the mirror shimmers, and suddenly the ninja-to-be can see as if through a hole in the air. There are three large cages sitting in a clearing in a jungle. Inside each of them is a person In the cage further to the left is a druger old woman. She's standing, holding the locked door, trying to shake it open. In the center is a drow elf man. He sits cross-legged in apparent repose, a shadow cat waiting for their chance to pounce. In the cage furthest to the right, a small... Elderly halfling woman also stands. One hand at the waist, the other with the index finger pointing out at sampling. Carmen's grandmother, Absentia's father, and Tony's nona is who they are. They suddenly notice them. Oh, you can save me this time, Carmenina! My champion! I have faith in you.
1: What the hell is happening?
4: The shadow cat is unmoved by emotions, Cynthia. It slips away from the irrational. It focuses on the task. Antonio Bucks! <laughs> there it is. What? trouble have you gotten yourself in this time? You just wait. I
5: get my hands on you. You will not be able to sit for a month after.
4: That's enough, Sasha. Thank you. Yes, Sunset. The surface of the mirror shimmers once more and returns to normal.
2: I'm not so sure that is the one who needs rescue in here. Will there be uh, some sort of uh, contingent of ninja sent to protect me from her? Or, uh...
1: This cannot be real.
2: Y'all don't know what you've gotten yourselves into.
1: No, this has got to be some sort of test of discernment or something. This cannot be real.
3: I agree. I can find no logical foundation for this to be a real event. Thank you. You're welcome. I...
1: I'm very confused.
3: I am also confused.
2: Sasuke!
4: Attention.
3: I also do not have all of the answers.
1: Oi! That makes more sense.
4: Save your questions for after you have completed the test. Yes, Sensei. At the moment, it seems like you may have more pressing problems. He Indicates the mirror as he says this. Your loved ones are in the jungle layer of the restricted section the Claybelt Museum of Ninja History. You must gain access into the lair, find your loved ones, free them, and return them here safely.
1: I... I don't understand. I... I... Are they... echoes of our loved ones? Are they replicas? Are you testing our...
4: Here are the blueprints of the museum. They're also... Three fortune cookies in that satchel. These are to be used in an emergency only. If we get really hungry, we understand.
1: (laughs) Shut up, pug. When you
4: open one, it will consume a little of your karma and give you a hint to help you in your predicament.
1: This doesn't make any sense. There has to be something else to it. What is that? This is the blueprints
4: of the museum Uh and notes of the details of the museum. Details that you will hear now as I say them. He hands them a leather satchel with papers folded inside it and the three fortune cookies, each wrapped in a silk handkerchief. The museum is open from mid-morning to just before dusk When closed, the alarm and trap system is activated. Silent alarms will alert the security ninja to an intrusion through the forcing of any window or door. The guards have the ability to simply appear where the alarm has been sound, so that practically no time goes by between activation and guard appearance. During the day, there are eight guards, one per wing, In the leader in the security room, off to the side of the earth wing, each guard stays in the wing from open to close. At night, it is only four guards, alternating pairs patrol the hallways every hour. It takes them approximately 30 minutes to cover the whole museum. Then they return to the security office. The other pair will go on their patrol half an hour after. The traps are redesigned every few weeks, and no one but the designers know what they are but they're normally designed to capture intruders rather than kill them. In general, traps are built around the most dangerous, expensive, rare, and otherwise coveted items. They're unlikely to be triggered until such an item is specifically targeted. The restricted section door will only open to those who carry on their person the appropriate totem key. Each layer requires a different key and those entering only have access to the layer they hold a key for. The door opens into a long brick hallway, and at the end of which one emerges into the layer in question. The keys are small statuettes, the size of a pendant, of specific shapes, each infused with a specific combination of elemental key that is almost impossible to replicate in a forgery. The guards are under orders not to enter the restricted section unless there is an emergency that requires them to enter one of the layers. In the case of an emergency, there is a spare key of each of the layers of the restricted area that is kept under lock in the security office. Each guard carries a copy of the key on their person. Each guard also has an emergency pendant on their chest that they can tap with a hammer fist to activate. Should they see anything strange, they, they will not hesitate to use it, and all guards inside the museum may choose to be transported to its location immediately, which they will, unless they are being held up themselves. In addition, the pendant sends a signal to all off-duty guards. Being outside the museum, they will not instantly be transported, but they will undoubtedly make their way through more conventional means and be there within 20 minutes at most. The guards are an odd field ninja, but do not underestimate them. A squad of students like yourselves would be unable to face them all together. So whether you attempt to infiltrate the restricted area during the day when the guard heavy is heavier, but there are also more distractions to keep them occupied and alarm system is not active, or you choose to break in while it's, it is closed, when the guard detail is smaller but more alert and the alarm trapping system is functioning, is your initial and most immediate decision. Should you choose the latter option, you have, three, you have around three hours until the library opens. You have 24 hours to complete your test. We wish you luck, and we shall see you again tomorrow at 6 a.m. at the latest. Do you have any questions?
1: I would like to know what these cages are made of and what is inside them.
4: Well, careman... Carmen, yes, Carmen? You're going to have to find the answers to those questions by going there and figuring it out. (laughs) Any other questions?
1: How did you bring my grandma back from the dead?
4: Again, this is something you're going to have to find out by going there and figuring it out. Is she real?
3: She looked real to me. I have many other questions, but I am beginning to believe that based on the prior evidence, I'm not going to get sufficient answers.
1: Oh, just ask. Uh,
3: no, that's okay. I I think I'm ready. Yeah, they ain't gonna give us nothing. No.
1: I do not understand.
4: Uh, Carmen, takes a moment to think to herself.
1: I do not... I do not understand. How can this possibly be... I mean the only thing to do I suppose is jump into the task and figure it out when I get there but oh my god I can't I can't lose her again I can't ah
4: they finally had their test instructions but the relatives are in danger What the F? Ninja life is not for the weak of heart. The young ones make their way back down the tree and soon stand in the clearing around its base. As they go down, Abby thinks to themselves.
3: Do I believe that that is really my father? This is a Pascal's wager situation? If i do not believe it is my father and i do not save my father i do not get my father. If i do not believe it is my father and i save my father, i do not get my father. (laughs) if i do not believe it is my, wait. No it's not a pascals wager situation if i don't believe it's my father and i save my father i still save my father. And if I believe it's my father and I say my it's better than a pascal I have fifty fifty No, that's not fifty-fifty. No, it's I need to go back and recontemplate the math on this. <laughs> and Pug
4: takes Carmen aside for a few words.
2: A hey, uh Carmen. I don't mean to uh prior anything, but you were saying your your granny's dead, right?
1: Yeah. For
2: sure dead. Does that Wait, is yours alive? Last I checked, uh, and I check up fairly frequently. Like, Nona uh, Lightfoot does not respond well to infrequent uh, check-ins from the grandkids, if you know what I'm saying.
1: Yeah, I get you.
2: So either either that's not really any of our grandparents, or they killed my Nona for this test. No, 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 no. Do you think, did they... Do I gotta go back there and punch Chico Norris Look, in the face?
1: we gotta think about what our sensei's told us.
2: Okay, my sensei told me to castrate a brute.
1: Well, <laughs> mine was all about beauty, so those two things don't seem to match, do they?
2: Okay, wait, let's puzzle this out. Um, Lorenzio said if I am fighting a four-armed big motherfucker to go for the ankles or the balls.
1: That makes sense. Is your grandma a four-armed big mofo?
2: (laughs) Only German Thanksgiving. No, no, she's not a fucking forearm. She's a delightful little uh, halfling woman. Look, all
1: I know is I (laughs) did everything I could to get my grandma back and I cannot 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 almost get her back only to find out it's fake. What the fuck kind of trick is that? That's not a test. That's just cruel.
2: Yeah. (laughs) You know, it don't seem fair, but then again, you know, maybe that's what they're trying to teach us. Uh, I don't know. I don't see a way around it. Like, uh, you know, either they's real, and we save them, but... I've never heard of anybody bringing anyone back to life through their test.
1: Uh, She does look really good. Like, she didn't look that good at the end of her life. She looks like... She looks like the way I remember her when I was tiny.
2: The way you remember her?
4: Hmm.
1: Maybe their dreams?
4: Abby can't help but notice that the other two have spent now a few moments to the side.
3: I'm not sure if this is the appropriate time to console you with stories of my dead parents and how I remember them just before they died.
1: Yours is dead too?
3: <laughs> oh, very dead. Yes.
1: For sure dead?
3: Yes. Remember my mother the last thing that she did? Was I definitely she don't me. remember your mother. Oh, okay. Yes. Well, but your 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 parent, your father's dead,
2: very dead then as well. Okay. Extremely dead. So that's two out of 3. For ghosts.
1: We could check a morgue, see if your Nona's actually dead.
2: I was trying to do a... Uh, let's not take Nona's name in vain here, okay? Let's not, <laughs> you know, jinx anything. Hmm. Uh, I'm sure Nona's fine, and God help us all if that is the real Nona in there with two ghosts, because she <laughs> will not be happy about that.
1: Okay, look. You had a thing to say. Maybe it's useful. Go ahead, Abby. But I am telling you, if it's some philosophical nonsense, we're putting you in the back and leaving you there till we finish the mission.
3: I told you my degree is legitimate. It's not philosophical nonsense. Oh my gosh! What I did you want actual, to say? Well, actually, I, I, I was sort of—I guess I kind of implied the substance of my material when I was inquiring as to oh. whether you wanted consolation Why with knowledge of do my dead I parents. Even try? I don't really have anything else to contribute besides stories of how my parents are dead. What did
1: your sensei tell
3: you? Oh. Well, actually, there was material in there that was strictly confidential.
1: Dude, we've got two dead people and one, I don't know, like, Nona Mafia boss?
3: It's quite
2: a conundrum. Uh, Nona was uh, never in the business.
1: You're gonna need to just tell us.
2: And as far as she knows, no one else is either, okay? Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, But yeah, let's talk actionable stuff here Because our senseis clearly want us to succeed Yes Debatable Uh, And we are a team now Yes So what happens? What we share with each other stays with each other, right? Yeah Okay, for the good of the team Absolutely Okay So I've shared my insider knowledge about how to go for the ankles of a four-armed man
3: I appreciate that, very useful, thank you Uh, What else we got?
1: Beauty is the key to the way of inked skin.
2: Good to know. Thank you. Okay, if we find any doors that require beauty, we know how to open those. The rest <laughs> well, uh, of the doors, uh, we know.
1: How? How?
2: Well, I don't know. I'm writing stuff down. It's uh, So far, we got uh, all of the doors are open with key. Uh or keys, one okay. of the two.
1: Okay, but but tell me, tell me are your are your people do they look like they really look or do they look better or what? Is there anything to help us figure this out? I'll be honest. Are they dreams?
3: My father kept pretty much the same expression throughout his entire existence.
4: The visions that they saw through the mirror looked real enough. There was nothing about them that indicated
2: that they were not. Look, the only way that we, uh, you know, find out is we go there and we get him, right? That's what Chico said. You go there, you look at the cage, you get... We we find out. We win. How right? do
1: we even get there?
2: Uh, well, we're gonna have to bust a lot of gods' heads, eh?
1: Uh, I feel like maybe a sneak attack would be a better bet.
2: Okay, we can work that angle. All right, all right. Let's I'm just find sneaky. out. You look, are very let's sneaky. Just...
1: Yes, that's the kind of info we need. Let's just find out what we're all good at.
2: Well, what am I not good at?
1: Humility. Realism. General relating to other humans.
2: This is fair. I don't think any of that's going to come up.
1: <laughs>
2: so, I'm the perfect candidate. Hey! Okay, hey. so I can jump real high. I can go real fast. I punch real good. Uh, and I can shoot fire out of my hands.
3: Excellent. I'm, uh, n- not so much on the punching side of things, but my dexterity is superior to pretty much everybody in existence. Uh, I am extremely stealthy, I can disappear and blend into backgrounds very effectively, and I am lethally accurate. Okay. Okay.
1: Uh, I am great at... What? <laughs> we'll on. Just-
2: read my uh, resume here. Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah, Great, fantastic. (inaudible) I have an honorary degree. You know what? All of you suck. All of you suck.
4: Rule pop-up. Any interaction is associated with the two aptitudes. A player adds the points of both and rolls as many ten-sided dice to meet or beat the difficulty rating. Back to the show. As they look at the blueprints and they decide and discuss what they're good at and and, and they try and come up with a strategy, they know the following. And that is that the Claybrook Museum is, is not unfamiliar an unfamiliar place to students at the academy. Many field trips involve uh, visiting the different wings of the museum, and many students are more more than familiar with the reinforced double doors with the word restricted written large and in red above it.
1: Classy.
4: Adventures in the restricted area of the museum were the stuff of academy student legend. Of course, no one actually knew anyone who had broken in, but they all heard a story starting in the likes of once there was this kid, and so everyone had heard some story. The museum was on the the northeast shore of of Lake Turtle, a massive building with six wings on the main level, another wing underneath it, and the restricted section, which no one knew exactly how big or where, for that matter, it was. Built in the same fashion as the majority of the ground buildings in Velt Village, it was as if rock, earth and tree had worked in Unison to create alcoves, passageways and doorways, uh, uh, windows and balconies. The only entryway faced south, away from the lake. Double doors built like a Russian doll in ever larger segments so that only the necessary width and height was open at any given time which meant that unless when loading in or out an artifact or, or, or piece of extraordinary size, most of the time it was only big enough to allow for a handful of people to walk through at once. In the main level, water and arcane creature wings were in the north, the fire and visiting exhibit wings to the south, the metal wing east, the wood wing west. Each of these had a series of windows, looking out into the wilderness or the lake, as the case may be. In the strange architecture of the village, windows consisted of glass panes, uh, pane fragments, held in place by branches that seemed to have grown for that very purpose. The fragments of glass ranged from small to enormous, depending on the window. Each created a unique gorgeous pattern that... Left little to no doubt as to the elemental nature of the ward it adorned, even though it formed no discernible image to speak of. The earth wing underneath. Uh, the center of the building, accessed through a stone staircase that seems to have been chiseled out by hundreds of miniature nicks. It exudes a chaotically majestic beauty as it curves down around the gold dragon skeleton exhibit that starts in the basement and stands almost as tall as the building, where the window of the earth wing, in the form of a skylight, allows for light to fall on the golden bones lazily. The staircase. Lands next to the right skeleton talon under which a family home could have been crushed. It was sobering to think that creatures of such power still roamed the earth. It was a delicate balance of power that prevented them from unleashing madness onto earth. Around the mythical creature's lower limbs is the earth wing. On the ground, against the northeastern wall, two very large metal panels, 30 by 20 each. ...lay side-by-side. They are the access to the storage area, a network of caves that was subject to all and every kind of juvenile speculation at the academy and outside of it as well. At the east side of the earth wing, a single metal door leads to the security office. The entryway to the restricted section switches locations randomly among all six wings... It is impossible to predict where it will be at any given time or how long it will stay
2: there. So, I mean, this other kid said that he got into the restricted (laughs) section by going up the foot of the dragon skeleton, right? But another guy said that he got in through the storage area and tunneled in, okay?
1: Yeah, and I heard that the secret was in the pattern on the floor when the sun comes through the windows.
2: So we gotta start charting sun cycles.
1: I guess.
2: Okay, we got 24 hours.
1: I don't know why, but there's something about this that makes me really want pie. Should we just eat the cookies?
2: I will let the, uh, Colin and Rosalind, you can veto this, but I think Pug might have already eaten one of the cookies without thinking about it. <laughs> <sighs> if you want to have stopped him, <laughs> then, uh, we can talk about it.
1: I'm okay for him to have eaten them as long as we still get to see what was inside. As long as he hasn't lost the message.
2: What would have happened if, during all of this conversation, I just mindly ate one of the cookies.
1: As long as the message is still at his feet, I'm okay. If it's not, I will strangle him <laughs> with his own chest hair.
4: The the cookies, each one is wrapped in individual silk handkerchiefs. So it would have been,
1: there would have been a, a, a
4: procedure to it. Uh, that doesn't mean he that Pug couldn't have... I think Pug
2: is currently unwrapping it it, it, it as Carmen says that. Everybody would
4: notice that that's happening whether they notice. I I feel they would notice that it is one of the cookies that is being unwrapped. It's not going to happen, yeah. As they discuss their, their options and try to come up with a strategy to enter the museum and find the jungle layer in the restricted section, Pug starts to unconsciously Uh, unwrap one of the uh, silk napkin packages.
2: Yeah, you know, so I figure we go to the museum. What are you doing? take a look around.
1: What Uh, are you doing? I said maybe we should eat the cookies. I didn't say, hey, pug, eat the cookie.
2: Okay, well, let's take it to a vote. All in favor of the cookie? They didn't say we lost marks for using the hints, right? This ain't like an escape room. Yeah, no,
1: I I definitely want to eat this. I'm going to
2: eat this cookie.
1: All right. Any strokes of genius, discoveries?
2: I'm having a deeply private moment with this biscuit. Give me a second. <laughs> um, I'm
4: you gotta g- read the fortune. That's how fortune cookies work.
1: Did you eat it?
4: No, it's here in the silk. Ah, <laughs> it was inside the cookie. Did you oh. eat it? Did Puggy the fortune?
2: <laughs> no.
1: <laughs> oh my god. Look,
2: it's still good. It's a little bit. Can you damp. at least
1: wipe the bits of chewed up. Like,
2: Do you want me to read the fortune or you yes. want me to wipe? Okay. So.
4: And Pug sees written on the fortune
0: South is better, top is better.
2: South is better, top is best. Well, that makes sense. All right. Does it, though? Sure, top's always better. It's better to be on top of the world. You know, it's... Oh, uh, my God. The south is, you know, where you get the best light. Look, I don't know, just...
1: Okay, look, let's just think of it. Let's eat them all. Give me the next one.
2: (laughs) All right, here.
1: Hmm. Oh. Pretty scarf, anyway. Hey, maybe that'll mean something later. Keeping that. Okay. Mm. When breaking into a building, at least
0: watched ways of those that are least inaccessible.
1: Wait, read that again. When we're trying to
0: break into a building, the best ways are those that are least accessible.
2: I mean, I could have told you that. You're yeah, breaking like, into a place, seriously. you go into the, the hottest pot, they're not going to be thinking you're going to go in through the 18th story window, right?
1: Well, also, how often are buildings broken into by people in mobility devices? Not to be a jerk, but probably not that much. That's
2: true, but that's they don't see it coming.
1: <laughs> okay, one more time, let's I hear it. got some stories. When breaking into a building, what?
2: Uh, the least watched ways are the least accessible. And south is better, top is best. So, so far, we're looking for a really high up window on the south side.
0: Hmm.
1: I mean, that's not a bad extrapolation.
2: It seems like very actionable
1: advice. The least watched ways are the.
2: The, the least accessible. So, yeah, the gods yeah, don't watch right. the hut. Yeah.
1: All right, third one.
3: All right, Abby, eat this cookie. Very bland. I like it.
2: Yeah, that tracks. What's your fortune, you weirdo?
0: <laughs> Just breaking the top window.
1: Oh, for fuck's sake!
2: <laughs> I'm taking think, some issue with these cookies. I think I right? solved it.
1: Oh, <laughs> you're
2: All right, so we got a sarcastic fortune cookie. Uh, okay, so... Was that sarcastic? Uh, it was from the cookie, so we got to look for a, a not very accessible way to break in, but we're allowed in the building. It's the There's only the one door, unless that kid was telling the truth and we tunnel in through the storage area, but then we got to find out where it is first in order to... Okay, I got to be able to see this. Can we go to the museum?
1: Yeah, let's go. Let's go.
2: go. The squad
4: makes their way to the museum through the familiar paths that they know uh, up to the northeast shore of Turtle Lake. And they come into view
2: of the massive building as they know it. All right, anybody got a favorite wing?
1: I mean, personally, I've always liked fire
2: we could see what the visiting exhibit is. Mm. Hey, I haven't been here since, um, it's been a few years. When was, when was that one time we were forced to come?
1: Do you ever study ever?
3: No. I come here about every two weeks. And how's that going for you? Uh, so far I think I have about 63% of it pretty well intellectually digested.
1: Does that mean you know where things are? Is that what you're trying to say to us?
3: Uh, well, more that I have uh, listed all the various forms of vegetation in the area.
1: Do you have anything useful to contribute? Yeah, if you want you? the
3: mineral
2: compositions of the, probably not. In case we need to tunnel, actually, that might yeah, not be a bad not idea. Too bad. Oh, okay. okay, Abby, you're now in charge of mapping the entire <laughs> complex and giving us density of all of the walls. <laughs>
1: We also need to know how much pressure the the rock formations underneath the museum can withstand. I mean, if we're going to tunnel, we need to know where we can put extra pressure and where we can relieve it. Yeah,
2: this, this is like a classic heist. We just got to get some construction equipment. We got to call in some sort of... Uh, Acrobat. Yeah, we gotta get an acrobat. We gotta call the city, get them to shut down the sewer lines, tell them we're doing construction. Okay, okay, okay,
1: we're not not actually pulling a jewelry heist here.
3: Oh, it is a museum, though. Abby. Sorry, I was contemplating the history of cinema. (laughs) Useful. You seen Godfather?
1: Guys, come on now. 24 hours.
2: Okay, visiting exhibits. Let's start with the fire wing. Uh... Everyone be on the lookout for doors that we're not allowed to go into.
1: Look, we said. We said we were gonna make use of what we know. We know south is better, top is best. We know the rock formations here. We know.
2: Pug is already heading towards the most southern wing. <laughs> He's like, ah, south is better. All right. So, uh yeah, museum's not open yet. I figure we're here on official ninja testing business. Uh we are on a clock. Let's uh let's just go in through a window. Mm-hmm. In 3 hours it's going to be open. It's not like they can kick us out. True. I,
1: I that's mean, that's a fair point. Who's got Who's got some real skill in the sense of slicing through a window so we can all get in?
3: Well, I could uh, manipulate the frames of the window if they're metal and simply make it fall open.
1: Useful skill. Exciting. Thank you.
2: How are you going to get up there?
3: Uh, I have that thing that I can walk up vertical yeah. things. Oh, we right, all that do. thing
2: we all know how to do. Yeah. yeah. Okay, but allow me to demonstrate a more stylish option. Oh. I would like to uh, vertical leap up to uh, as far up the, the building as I can. That's fine. I'll be over windows. here
1: harnessing my key to calmly walk.
2: Hmm. Is, is there a... Yes, I am using a jutsu for this. Okay. All right, y'all do your little slicing thing, uh, but uh, first off, we got to, you know, enter with a little bit of style where they won't be looking, right? So uh, we're going to do uh, a... Tiger's Leap! And I am going to use my Tiger's Leap Jutsu, which allows me to launch into the sky, multiplying my uh, jump distance by three. Um, I don't know what my jump distance is, but we're hoping it's high. Uh, What is my jump distance?
1: You know, before you jumped, you really should have brought a rope or something. (laughs) What's that? I can't hear you!
3: (laughs) Mm.
2: Uh, okay, so we're gonna activate Tiger's Leap. Uh, that is four successes. It is a basic Jutsu. So
4: Pug can jump. Can <laughs> you take the jump calculator out? His movement
2: plus might plus times two. Movement plus might times two. And then times an additional three for the Tiger's Leap? Mm Mm-hmm. Okay, so movement is 11, might is 1, so that's 12, plus 2 would be 14. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Or, sorry, no, movement plus might is 12 times 2, so that's 24. Mm Mm-hmm. So what are we talking, 24 feet, meters? Feet. Feet? So 24 feet is my ordinary jumping distance. Wow. So in this case, it would be...
1: What kind of creature are you again? A halfling. Nice.
2: I'm three feet no, tall. What's is two? Movement,
4: yet? Sorry, is movement plus might times two? So yep. it's not movement plus might times two.
2: Might times oh, two. Oh, it's twice my might plus my plus movement. movement. Okay, so then two plus eleven, so thirteen is my ordinary. So thirteen feet. Is uh, my but ordinary, half that vertically. But half that vertically. So seven, feet, seven. So feet. six. So six or seven feet. So in this case, though, multiply that by three, so that is actually uh, about eighteen. 18 As Pipe is contemplating doing that, he doing the little math in my little halfling right. brain, like well, a cat pouncing up he, onto a the, shelf. The training
4: of the jutsu requires <laughs> <He's just> like, <laughs> that he practice a lot of the jutsu, and he has learned not to do by math, but just but do it by eye. Feel calculation yeah if if
2: pug how, is really good at trigonometry only as it applies to him jumping places he's not supposed to be
4: <laughs> and he looks up and he realizes that there ain't no jutsu that's gonna get him up the 100 feet where the ceiling
2: is at the top
1: With are there four little successes, ledges are you kidding
2: well that just means i activated the jutsu right
1: ah Shiza.
2: uh how so are there any ledges along the way or is it there's, just like there's as
4: we said windows, the rough the surface of the walls is rough, so potentially he could try and, and find purchase and and do another leap. Can I just but jump twenty
2: feet up and then activate my like wall walking just so that I like have a head start and it looks cooler? Yeah. Okay, great. Pug
4: says, hey, guys, I'm just going to do it my way. And he just jumps into the air and 23 feet up, he lands on the wall and then runs up.
1: Have a great time, buddy.
4: 24 hours. Meanwhile, Carmen and Abby roll all their stealth. <laughs> Pug does not get to make a stealth roll? Well, he did a jutsu roll. He succeeded. Just okay. stealth? Um. No, uh, uh, they... Uh, I'm sorry. Actually, they do... Yeah, stealth plus athletics. Oh, yeah.
1: Come on, come on.
3: <laughs> come on, shadow what? what do you
1: got? What do you got?
3: Oh, wait, I got... I've got two.
1: Okay. Ah. I've got three.
4: Oh. And uh, Carmen and Abby, they look at each other, the little scoff for... the trick that Pug pulled and then they just start walking up
1: the wall
4: unhurriedly. uh, Abby gets a little excited and starts running up the wall but uh, with no issues they manage to reach the ceiling of the roof of the structure uh, mostly through their E-infused feet which don't let them fall off the wall. By the time they reach up, Tony is already looking around the skylights to see if he can find any way
2: in. All right, I've scoped out the roof. We're all good up here. Thank you for joining me.
1: Did you have fun with your little leap?
2: I did. It's, uh, you know, good to get some cardio in in the mornings.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. Uh, Abby, come take a look at this skylight. Do any kind of metal stuff to this?
4: The skylights are, in fact, held by Wooden branches that grew around the the glass panes uh, to hold them in place. So there's no actual metal that Abby can see that they Ah. could work with.
3: But um, if I may offer a suggestion... uh, Amalia's?
1: We are on a clock.
3: Wood is highly flammable. This looks very dry. I'm sure we could simply... Burn it out.
2: Now, we were doing a B&E, and you were suggesting arson
1: Also, though, Also, though, let's not forget, we don't know where these cages are. We don't know what they're made of. We don't know how, how likely it is that this whole thing is going to collapse into... The department of uh, into the fire wing, and we just light the whole place up and what kill our loved ones again by accident? Great idea, Abby. Thank Ooh,
2: you. Okay, no, I am not setting fire to any museums that Nona may or may not be inside. Um, okay, uh, new plan, uh, we're just gonna cut the wood around the skylight and we just slice our way in the old fashioned way. Um, that could work.
1: Wait, why can't we just open the skylight? A skylight is a window. Why can't we just open it?
5: Well,
2: I figured it was locked.
1: Well, have we tried it?
4: The windows, uh, these windows are built in such a way, or they, they grew in such a way, we, we don't know if they were built or grew, that they don't seem to be able to be opened, just like any other window. It's more of a glass pane held in place.
2: But like Chico said, it's all about having the right key. So uh I suppose we could just take a rock.
1: Or an axe.
2: Or a halfling. A punch it.
1: Yeah.
4: <laughs> everybody everybody oh, do no a a Wait. craft plus intuition roll. I
1: have a really good idea. Next.
2: Going to roll my one die, as is my right.
1: Same here. One success. One
0: success.
2: (laughs) Not nothing for me. My single brain cell is working very hard over here. I did it. Tony.
4: Tony had a moment where he said he thought, "Well, gee, those branches and the wood, and they're holding glass panes. Couldn't we just use our knives to kind of wedge a glass pane off?" And that seems to Carmen and uh, Tony as, as maybe a better idea than punching or breaking the glass, which will fall down to the ground.
1: That we will over, then have to land on. Over
4: 60 feet underneath, and will create a sound that may, may attract the guards, which they don't know if... They're patrolling, and where and when?
2: All right, this is going to be a delicate operation. Uh, Abby, you've got a uh, a doctor's degree, so I'm thinking you should be the one with the scalpel. Oh
3: uh,
2: my god! It's
3: uh, I'm not that kind of
2: doctor.
1: We're not going down this road again. All right. Who has a blade?
2: Never a mind.
1: Road. I will. I will generate one. I am going to use my. Withdraw weapon jutsu.
4: Rule pop up. A critical success is when a player rolls three or more action points above the difficulty. It means that they succeed exceptionally well. Their interaction could not have gone better.
2: Back to the show.
1: That's right.
2: I think we all have a few small knives, but if you've got, like, an actual cool knife as a tattoo, then, yeah, let's, let's yeah, do that.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's my yang plus fight.
0: hmm
1: Yang is one plus fight is two. And, um...
2: Do you want to take a few minutes to increase your yang pool?
1: I do want to do that.
2: As Carmen starts...
4: Performing the meditative exercises that will allow her to harness some of the key from the environment. Abby and, and Tony are just waiting until she finishes.
3: I, okay. I would also like to do a jutsu. Okay. I would like. To, I'm going to perform the metal within, which allows me to make metal within my body and turn it into a knife that I can hide in a location on my body. Everybody's full of knives. Just do it.
4: Two. What kind of jutsu is that? Is that a basic? Basic. Okay. Abby manages to stand in the position and does the movements and produces a knife.
2: Everybody's Everybody's got got hidden knives.
1: That was actually pretty good. Thank you. Don't get cocky.
3: I uh, I don't understand what my genitalia has to do with.
1: This. Just open the window. Oh, okay.
4: And Abby rolls a stealth plus crafts to wedge the glass open with the knife they produced out of their iron of their own blood. And gently. They travel the edge of the glass that is held with these branches and slowly, ever so slowly, with a very, very sharp knife, they manage to cut it out. And then, with the gentlest of movements, Absinthea lifts the pane of glass and gently puts it to the side.
1: Mm.
4: Now... There's an opening into the new seat.
1: Nicely done. Thank you. All right.
2: Okay, we in. Uh,
4: okay. I
1: have this extra, this extra yang that I don't even have to use, so... It will last you for
4: a half an hour. Great. Now, both Tony and Abby have lost... For the scene until they rest again, the minimum amount of key points required to perform their jitsu.
2: Okay, we're in. This is good, but also that is a far drop, so uh, why don't we uh, Walk get a grappling hook? Walk
1: down the wall? Uh,
2: I, can we, uh, like, the skylight I assume is like sort of in the middle of like... Yeah. a room so but like we would we be able to down. walk upside down and around Tony
4: knows yeah they yeah. infused their key into the soles of their feet they can walk on walls
2: we were given these grappling hooks in our little bags I figure you know keep looking for opportunities well, to use them but we yeah, can walk on yeah. walls so if Let's... you don't have key
5: you will
4: need your grappling
2: hooks as long as we have some key we can do that or does it cost you have one key. point of key okay great.
1: It is sunrise, and if we don't map this pattern right now, we won't have another chance until sunset, so let's go.
2: Okay, that sounds like a good proposition. All right, let's go. Upside down time.
4: And the squad enters the building through the ceiling and walks on the roof and down a wall and down
2: into the main floor.
1: Okay, we agreed to start in the fire wing, right?
2: We did. Wait, take a quick glance, make sure that the door isn't right next to us. I mean... Anyone see a restricted section so immediately next to us that we were going to miss? I
1: do see a weird door. Choose one
2: of you and roll 88. What am I trying to roll?
4: You don't know.
3: Six. Okay.
4: So... they don't see the door right in the immediacy so as the squad walks down the wall and into the uh, main uh, hall uh, they land down uh, in the central area by the stairs that uh, lead down into the earth or near the stairs anyways that lead down into the earth wing underneath on the one side they have the water wing and on the other side they have the arcane creature wing and they can't see the door to the restricted area anywhere near them.
1: Well, that makes sense because south is better, so let's mosey on down there. Right. Okay. Listen, Pug, take the whole north side of the room. Abby, take the metal wing. I will take wood and fire, and we're going to map all the sun patterns of this level.
2: Okay, North Side. Meet back. Uh, where do we meet back up? Fire. Okay, meet back up in Fire, and uh, everybody, good luck. Don't
5: and be I don't quick. Luck. Yeah, and
4: before they leave, uh, everybody uses their their intuition and their perception.
1: Wow, all one of my die. One. One. One.
4: Before they start moving around, they, all three, can hear a metal door open and close uh, underneath them. The, they can hear it through the opening in the center, uh, down in the earth uh, section. Um, and uh, the voices of two... Um, individuals, male individuals seem to come, be coming down that way. Uh, and they seem to have having a menial conversation.
2: That would be the fuzz. Everybody spread out right now and be stealthy and quick about this, okay? Don't... We're not supposed to be in here yet. If the gods find you, you tell them you got lost on a school trip. Okay? Always works. Yeah,
1: okay. We got it.
2: Go, go, go. <laughs> and the squad scatters each their own way. Chase it.
4: Remind me, which way is everybody going? I'm going metal.
1: I'm going south.
4: I was told to go north. I
2: don't know what's there.
4: So, uh, so north is either the wind, uh, the sort of the water, or the arcane creature wind. Oh, arcane creatures. Okay. Uh, and south is either the fire or the visiting exhibit wings. Yeah, fire. Okay. Uh, so Tony walks into. The rather unsettling arcane creature display is little, or not so little, like l- giant jars filled with liquid, and in those, there's there's floating creatures that have been kept, like in four mall.
1: Little giant jars of floating creatures?
4: Did I say little giant? That's pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. So they're not little giants, they're little just giant, giant jars. jars. So they're like five and, five and a half... Feet. Well, <laughs> depends on the size of the creature. So some creatures, it's it's like if you see some fetuses of creatures, if a fetuses of creatures are in small little jars kept, but then uh, on shelves, but then you might see a full scale version of that creature on a appropriate size cylinder. Like those to old fairs
2: where they would be like, "Come see the alien." All yeah. right,
4: and then uh, and so as okay. and 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 each. Like walking down from each exhibit to exhibit, it's just eerily creepy to see these creatures uh, of of varied uh, uh, forms, shapes, uh, you know, formations, and uh, looking down it? dead out. Pardon me. We're all doing it. No, he is. Just, um, and and so he is. He's looking around. Uh, he can't quite find uh, any any door that seems to him to be a restricted door. Uh, as he walks around. Meanwhile, Carmen makes uh, her way down into the fire wing, and the fire wing has its walls and it, its little, this little like alcoves that are shaped like flames, freaking out, like uh, coming out uh, of, of the wing. It's it's, it's very uh, very well created to emulate the idea of fire having created this space. Uh, and as she walks around she sees some of the exhibits uh, and but but uh, she doesn't quite uh, I- including like a, a, a scrawl of firestorm that has been like the whole thing there's a whole uh, ride up uh, about it but she doesn't seem to find the r- door to the restricted area. Abby, however, as she walks into the metal room and she walks past the main exhibit which they can't help but stop to watch. It's a giant shuriken of lightning uh, that is being uh, exhibited um, in, in there's a standalone exhibit in the center of the wing, but they do see a heavy metal double door against the wall with the red word
3: restricted above it. Ah. Uh, I think I found a clue.
1: Ah. Uh...
3: What could it mean?
1: What? Speak up.
2: Oh, we've got. Where are um, you? We have. Uh, yeah, we have uh, shadow link stones, right?
4: Uh, you do have shadow wing stones, that's
1: right.
2: So what? we have little communic- uh, like magic communicator, rocks like a walkie talkie in
1: our so in great, our inventory. Great. 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 Okay. So um, heard you perfectly. Never mind.
4: Which was tuned before you left, even though we didn't have the montage for that. Yes,
2: yeah, standard, and, and, uh, you know, operating procedure. That's right um checking in here this is pug from uh ugly stuff in jaws museum uh so far no doors how you guys doing
1: coming up empty and fire
2: abby i found the door what you uh, should have led with that okay converge converge on abby's position copy that everybody converge on shadow cat
1: over there in 10 seconds
4: everybody uses uh, their uh intuition and perception once more
1: Two. One. One.
4: Um as they start to move toward the as Abby and Carmen start to move toward the metal wing, they can hear the voices coming up the stairs.
2: And so <gasps> do I hear that as well?
4: Oh yeah.
5: Um You know the other day I went to, to the to the game and I was sure that they were gonna win. But you know what? Then they made that shitty pass and they dropped it.
2: Are there uh shadows or like um, sort of displays or anything that I could hide behind and sneak yes. past them. I would like to just get real low and just scurry through stealth and... Just trying to move. Yeah, I'm trying to get past them without being seen.
3: Okay.
4: Stealth uh, plus travel. Sure. Or athletics, if you have a high, probably have
2: Uh, Athletic Stealth would be, would be great, actually. Actually Stealth plus
4: Speed or Travel.
2: Uh, so Stealth plus Speed or Travel? Stealth plus, we'll do Stealth plus Speed. Okay. Do I have any... I'm real good at jumping? Nope, that's not gonna help here. Okay. One, two, three, four, five. Nice. Hey, Pug's real good at getting into places he ain't yeah. supposed to be. Pug is
4: small and light, and he's been training in his stealth, and the guys that they strike, you know, he just grabbed that ball, but
5: then he got tackled and lost it, and it was like, fuck her, fuck her.
4: And as asked the guardess, you know, getting into the details of his experience of the uh, ninja ball game. A pug just... I'm trying to
3: figure out what sport this
2: is. You know, ninja ball. Ninja ball. Pug just rushes
4: right behind them and hiding from shadow (laughs) to shadow and makes her way to the metal wing.
1: Where exactly are these guards?
4: Coming up the stairs. In the center of the room.
1: In the center of the Mm -hmm. room. Okay. Okay. Coming up the stairs.
4: (laughs) Carmen, Carmen thinks as she is trying to decide how to use her weapons.
1: Okay. All right. We actually live here, so I can't just shoot these guys down. And we can't let them catch us when we are this close. So I'm just going to incapacitate them temporarily with Needles of Agony. And I'm going to do it right in the throat so they can't make noise.
4: <laughs> um, can you please read Needles of Agony really quick to me?
1: Moves ink implanted from ink touch to pain centers and makes the needles. Resist with 42 check.
4: Okay, go ahead. If Carmen boosts, she manages to focus the needles perfectly on the throat.
1: How do I boost?
4: By, you're not gonna boost.
2: You're gonna get, <laughs> by getting more than. By getting three successes above what you need. Oh, I
1: can't.
2: Okay, go. Okay, cool. She's still all, Teed up from,
4: also, and it's
1: only basic, So,
4: hold on, hold on. You, you have. Okay, go ahead, go ahead.
1: Okay, I've got one, two, three, four,
3: five.
4: Five. Booyah! Oh yeah. Carmen knows that she can do this. She dips her own feather quill, just not not that dissimilar from the one that. Sir sensei Nefertiti produced to show her the uh, painted story that she told her. Uh, And she produces also a little uh, ink jar out of her palm. So she dips the quill in it and then splashes uh, a drop of ink. A very precise drop of ink onto one of the guards that is coming up the stairs. In fact, the one who is talking. About the uh, Ninja Ball match that he attended the last weekend. And as the drop lands on the man's neck, Carmen wills it to move to the throat and then become needles in that throat. And I was telling you, this guy just grabbed the ball and then he. Yeah. <coughs>
1: Thank you very much let's go boys
4: and so the the, the guard guards they, they grab their throat and they fall to their knees grabbing and they they seem to be incapacitated from uh trying to speak however the other guard who was walking with them looks at them it's frank what the hell's got? are you frank frank and starts patting them in the back. Whoa, buddy, buddy, what's going on?
2: Uh, where is Pug during this? Because if- Pug has actually already slipped by and
4: made his way into the metal wing. I'm already past. In fact, yeah, Pug has a clear
2: sight of Abby and the restricted section door. But I can't see what's happening back with the guards. N- no. However,
4: uh, actually, Abby and Pug do a intuition perception check.
2: Now might also be a time to uh, ask this aloud for the benefit of the listeners at home, but uh, we have something on our sheets called triggers. Uh, I'm wondering if uh, taking out the guards rather than sneaking past them might uh, happen to be any of Carmen's karma
1: triggers? Uh
2: So do we get... Uh, because I, I I don't know, but I it just seems like the kind of thing one would uh one would get karma for. Do we get karma
4: for that? Well, what what would Carmen trigger that applies to the karma be? And memories
1: is, of old confrontation overwhelm them. That's why I'm shooting instead of just sneaking.
4: What old confrontation comes to Carmen's mind that forces her? to attack to the guards that are coming up the stairs and I present no immediate threat instead <laughs> of, just you know immediately my away. Parents,
1: my parents screaming fights are the precipitating event to my grandmother's death. And now I have the possibility of my grandmother somehow miraculously being alive again, but being imprisoned. And here we have these guys just mouthing off and putting the whole mission at risk. That is definitely a trigger.
4: Having having a hard time buying it. Oh, I bought it.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And this is the thing about triggers, you know. Other people don't. You know, there's layers
2: here. You know, Uh, I got two successes to notice what's going
3: on. I got one.
4: Okay, um, both Pug and Abby heard the guard speaking, and then and then not being able to speak. Uh, It was it was in, in the silence of the museum at night
2: is, uh, it was evident. Shit, I think we might have been made. Uh, C- come in, C- come in. Are you good? Fuck no.
5: Get back here. What's going on? Hey, Frank. Dude. I what's shot... going on? Who the fuck's Frank? Shit, what's happening? Just get
1: back here. Is Frank okay? I shot down. You shot Frank? I didn't shoot him with, like, a gun. I Needles of Agony shot him. And the thing is, I meant to get all three of them, and I failed. That's it's fucking only... hardcore. There's only two? How what? many are there? Unclear. Abby it wasn't I clear. It was
3: clear all along.
5: <laughs> two. <laughs> Abby,
2: Common's fighting like five guys, and Frank's down. We gotta go back.
3: Uh.
2: Help me. Oh, but you found the door. Great. Um, I Abby, mean... you stay. Okay, Pub. well
4: granted. Karma. Karma,
2: Karma. Uh, we're coming. Actually, can you just run? Because we're at the door. Um,
1: I mean, I, I think so.
3: I think we should just
1: leave. Abby, start what? trying to get the door open. Okay. How dare you!
3: Well, I mean,
2: uh Shut up! I'm running getting it. the door open. I'm coming back to give you suppressing fire.
1: One, two, three, speed. And one, two, three, survival. So
4: Pug and Carmen, they just start rushing
1: toward the guards? Speed and survival? No, rushing toward the door.
2: Toward which door?
1: The the, the
2: the metal wing. Yeah, the the re- yeah so area. Carmen's coming up, and yeah. I'm running back out to meet her in case she needs, uh, in case the guards catch her.
4: I okay. am
3: slowly moving towards the door.
4: Abby moves towards the door. Pug runs out to try and help Carmen come into the metal wing. And they do this all trying to keep silent uh, while... The one guard is trying to comfort Frank, who's gone to his knees, grabbing at his throat. Frank, Frank, what's going on? And so they, uh, Carmen and Pug, they roll their stealth and their
1: uh, travel to... Oh, stealth and travel.
4: Stealth travel? To um, try and keep the uh, charade, or try and keep from being... Uh, Noticed by the one guard who's still clearly able to do so. Uh,
2: One success.
4: Rule pop-up. A critical failure is when a player rolls no action points and there is also a one in the roll. It means a catastrophic failure, hindering the ninja and, by extension, the squad.
2: Back to the show do let me know if that is a failure by only one. Why? Because I am lucky. Oh. This is a halfling thing. One,
1: two, three, four, five.
2: If I fail by only one, I get to try to reroll. So if I get real
1: close. Five, five, five.
4: Five successes? What? That's Jesus. very, very yeah, good. Yeah, I got
1: two zeros and one nine. That's five, right? I'm yeah. counting out? You right? got yeah. it. You yep. got it. Okay.
4: Tens are crits. The guard next to Frank. Frank, Frank, what's going on? And then he stops. Wait a minute. And pays attention. Frank, Frank, buddy, come on, come on. Let me, let me take you back down. I don't know what's going on. Come on. And he helps Frank down the stairs, back into the Earth wing. <gasps> meanwhile, <laughs> meanwhile, Tony gestures for Carmen to to come join them.
5: Come on, come this come way. way. Come.
4: And soon they're uh, joining Abby, who had been uh, had reached the double door by now and stood in front of it.
3: Shall we proceed?
1: Yeah, yeah thanks you got for the door your open. help, man.
4: Uh, Abby did try to open the door. However, the door is.
2: Doesn't open. Who would have ever thought it was locked? What have we tried?
3: Uh well so far all I've tried is the handle.
1: Oh my god. Well
3: gosh. you know where to start.
1: Okay. Uh what else have we got? I mean I mean what is this door made out of?
2: Metal, I believe. <coughs> <coughs> it appears to be uh some sort of uh mineral.
1: But I mean <laughs> 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 Possibly but I mean, an alloy of some sort. Some metals have lower melting points than others. We've got fire punch and fire throw.
3: I also can manipulate metal.
1: Oh, well, that's useful.
3: Well, why it's, don't we do that? I I, I I, would think that that would be the logical thing to Maybe do.
1: Maybe get to it then.
3: Oh, okay. Yes, Time absolutely. is up the Yes. As the squad spends a moment trying
4: to debate what they're going to do about the door... They all suddenly kind of remember as, as they speak because the conversation seems somehow familiar, oh, shit. Uh, the voice in, in the instructions from Chikonoris uh, back up in the uh, Field Ninja Command Center. And they, they hear the restricted section door will only open to those who carry on their person the appropriate Toten key. I
3: huh. never imagined that Chico Norris was Swedish.
4: Each layer <laughs> requires a different key and those entering only have access to the layer they hold a the key for.
1: Are we saying K-E-Y or K-I?
2: Okay, I was so afraid that was only a me problem. Oh my gosh, no. Uh, but, so... This lends credence to my I think teleportation it's the key. Q-U. Oh, good Whatever one. key we bring to the door is where we're gonna go. So we need the jungle, the the grandmas in the jungle key. Yes, the
4: keys the are small in the statuettes, the size of a pendant,
1: right.
4: of specific shapes, each infused with a specific combination of elemental key. That is almost impossible to replicate in a forgery.
0: Well, so we have to get shida. the
2: key with the key. We got to get the key key, and uh, do we line up? In the, the case of
4: emergency, there is a spare key to each one of these layers of the restricted area that is kept under lock in the security. Office.
1: Lock and key.
2: The keys are under key.
1: The keys are the
3: under key and key. The, the key, key, key is key. under
2: key. <laughs> okay. Uh,
1: okay, let's talk about the key, key, under lock and key.
2: So, either we can try to solve the puzzle of the where is the key for the jungle, which, you know, maybe the wood wing, but also if we just know that there's backups in the security office, that seems the faster route. Uh, but. <laughs> We're Pug, Pug does
4: remember that all keys, all emergency keys to the restricted area are in a safe in the security
2: office. So if we just take out the rest of the guards, then, you know, we just take their emergency backups. The keykeepers? The keykeepers. We go
1: down and we key the
2: keykeepers to get the key.
1: And if the safe is metal
2: then Abby here can uh, manipulate their way into that.
3: I can basically make it unfold.
1: Let's do it.
2: Neat. Uh, Okay, well... What uh, do we need to do? Well, we got to do what you did to Frank to the others.
1: For sure, but also, I'm going to activate sonic hearing to make sure we have more warning if someone's coming up at us.
2: Well, we're going down to them, but... Carmen yeah. puts
4: her eye, her hands to her ears as she takes a horse stance and then pushes out from her ears like as if she's grabbing two big plugs that are covering her ears and pulls them away. And as she does that,
2: she says,
1: Sonic, Sonic
2: hearing. <laughs> okay, while you're doing that, I'm going to get a little bit ready. Here and for she rolls fight.
4: for that, what does she two. roll? Two what? Successes. Is that a basic uh, jutsu or a a medium jutsu? It's a basic jutsu. And as she does that, she feels like the entire museum... It's like she had actually earplugs in her ears. And suddenly she can hear.
1: I just cannot imagine what that would be like.
4: (laughs) What was the description of the jutsu?
1: One yin hundred feet perfect hearing plus one perception on a boost which i have i think no i don't i don't i don't have a boost um the distance is up is
4: what carmen can hear right away is there's a commotion underneath them like right underneath them because the uh, security office is right underneath them and she can hear that the guards are getting very upset about Frank not being able to breathe. And at first they think it, it might be uh, some kind of a, uh, either asthma or some kind of allergy. But now as it progresses, she can hear them start to think that maybe something else.
2: Oh, shit. You While this is happening... Do I have time to um, to mold key? Or do we not think there's enough time?
4: Well, it's all in the heat of the moment, and molding key requires kind of a stepping aside and, and breathing in and stopping things out, and yeah. it might seem that... It's not that there's no time, it's just that... Abby and Carmen see Pug stepping aside and starting to do very yeah. zen-like movements in the heat of the moment.
2: Yeah, because Pug thinks there's about to be a fight. And a lot of Pug's uh, molding um, movements involve uh, uh, combing his hair back and like getting himself very like uh, That's And that's what that. uh,
4: Carmen and Abby see him do. As, as as Carmen says...
1: You guys, they're getting really, really worried. They re- they're real they starting to suspect that someone's in here. We have to figure this out fast.
5: Yeah, well, they should be. Because...
1: Because you're doing your hair?
2: <laughs> yeah, because my hair's about to do them.
4: <laughs> and that's where we
2: leave our session today.
1: No!
4: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for listening to our show. If you like what you're hearing, please like the podcast Share it with your friends, and if you can, leave us a five-star review. All this really helps starting podcasts like this one build an audience. Do you want your name to be an inspiration for an NPC character? Tweet about us using the hashtag at ArcaneninjaRPG. You can also join our patron family at patreon.com arcaneninjaRPG. For as little as five bucks per month, you can help us continue to produce this show get access to some extra content and get a special thanks mention at the end of each episode. Thanks again. Stay tuned for the next episode release in two weeks. See ya!